Today we have Habakkuk declaring the mighty power of God in Israel's past and proclaiming future victories that are just as certain. Today he declares that God is victorious. Welcome, I'm Michelle Berkey, and this is Praying Scripture, a weekday broadcast where we use God's own words to honor Him and to talk to Him about the things going on in our life and in our world. Today we are in episode 145, and praying through Habakkuk 3, verses 7 through 15. We are finishing out the chap- the, the chapter this week and the book. But before we go to Habakkuk, let's dive in with a bit of worship first. We start with Psalm 90, verse 2, and it says, Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Psalm 104, 1 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty. And Jeremiah 23, 24 says, Can a man hide himself in secret places so that I cannot see him, declares the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord? Some powerful descriptions of God in those verses, and we're going to see that echoed in the Habakkuk passage today as well. So before we get started with Habakkuk, let's just pray through these worship verses. Father, we come to you this morning from all over the nation, all over the world, those who are joining us live, those who are joining us in replay, and we, I guess what I mean is we come with different attitudes, different feelings, different circumstances, but we are united by the fact that we are declaring you as Lord. We're worshiping the might and the power and the splendor and the majesty of you this morning. You are from everlasting to everlasting. You are outside of time. There was no moment when you didn't exist. And we honor you for that this morning. Worship you as the eternal. We worship you as being full of splendor and majesty and might. There is nowhere that we can go in heaven and earth that we could be hidden from you. You see everything. You fill heaven and earth. And we worship you this morning. We stand in awe or sit in awe of who you are. Your character and your presence are worth our worship. We worship you for those things this morning. And we ask that, I know, I hate it when people ask that they would um, ask your presence to come. You're you're here already. But I guess I want to ask for me personally to sense your presence in, in a way maybe that I've been needing today. It changes, right? We we need you in different ways at different times. And I guess I would ask that you would do that for each one of us today, that you would be with us in a way that we specifically need, that you would speak into our hearts the things that we need to hear, that you would comfort us in the way we each need to be comforted, that you would teach us what we each need to learn, and that you would guide us in the way that we each need to be led. We offer you our obedience in our listening ears this morning. And we pray that this this time that we have together would be pleasing to you. It's yours. Do with it whatever you want. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Okay, Habakkuk, friends. Today we have Habakkuk declaring the might of God, particularly in previous works and, and battles throughout Israel's history. But they don't sound like that. He's not listing battles or even events that we might recognize. Many of the phrases will seem kind of odd to our ears in this passage, or maybe odd isn't the right word. Maybe random is a better term. They just feel like declarations of God's might that are thrown together kind of haphazardly, but they are actually often references to specific events. You're going to hear phrases like victorious chariot and the sun and the moon stand still and things like that. And that sounds like just random declarations of God's power. And while there is definitely strictly figurative language here. Those and other phrases refer to actual historical events. So as you listen, keep that in mind. Overall, this is this whole passage is Habakkuk calling on mighty God as a warrior for his people, declaring his past victories and proclaiming future victory, that that is just as certain as the past victories have been, that it would be also just as overwhelming to his enemies as the past victories have been. So are you ready for some really vivid language today? As that's what we have. This is Habakkuk 3 verses 7 through 15. I'm going to read all the way through it and then we'll pray. I see the tents of Cushan in distress. The tent curtains of the land of Midian tremble. Are you angry at the rivers, Lord? Is your wrath against the rivers? Or is your fury against the sea when you ride on your horses, your victorious chariot? You took the sheath from your bow. The arrows are ready to be used with an oath. Selah. You split the earth with rivers. The mountains see you and shudder. A downpour of water sweeps by, the deep roars with its voice and lifts its waves high. Sun and moon stand still in their lofty residence at the flash of your flying arrows, at the brightness of your shining spear. You march across the earth with indignation. You trample down the nations in wrath. You come out to save your people, to save your anointed You crush the leader of the house of the wicked and strip him from foot to neck. Selah. You pierce his head with his own spears. His warriors storm out to scatter us, gloating as if ready to secretly devour the weak. You tread the sea with your horses, stirring up the vast water. Really different from what we've seen in the first part of Habakkuk, right? Habakkuk is no longer asking these questions of God. He is declaring that the mighty warrior God for his people can do whatever he wants on the earth. And just the, the sense of the, um, the whole sense of the language is, is different, right? This God, when will you do this? When, are, when is this going to happen? I don't understand why there's so much evil to ending the book with this essentially psalm of victory and just to watch his transformation. And how did that come about? That came about with his conversation with God. And the same thing can be true of us. Our heart attitude and our focus changes because of the presence of God. But now I'm getting into it and I should be praying. Just join me in prayer. Father, this language of victory is so visually powerful 
you striding across the land. You've already in the past chapters condemned Babylon and those like Babylon for relying on their own pride, on their own power, on their ability to oppress and slaughter their foes and beat them in battle and take them prisoner and steal of their things and all of those things that Habakkuk was looking around him and seeing these things happen in his world. And there's so many of those things in our world too. We can look around, we can, the, the news is full of that, particularly this week. I know this is part of the weight that I feel right now. The, um, the plight of the Afghan people, the plight of the Haitians dealing with multiple crises one after another from leadership crises to weather crises um, here in our own backyard, flooding this week that killed lots of people not far from us. The world is a hard place. Father, there's, there's evil there. And as Habakkuk shifted his eyes from looking at that and feeling helpless and hopeless to looking at who you are and sitting in your presence and having a conversation with you, his language changed, his attitude changed, his heart changed. And I pray that you would do the same in us. That when we are filled with dread and hopelessness, that our eyes turn to you and instead we remember your might and your power and your majesty and your eternity and your faithfulness and your willingness to fight for your people. This language that Habakkuk used that you ride on your horses in your victorious chariot. You're willing to fight for your people, even the power of weather and the natural things that, that we've seen displayed in this last week between hurricanes south of us, hurricanes east of us, between flooding in our own backyard. These things are no match for you. And while it might look right now like they win, Eventually, they bow to you as well. It's not just evil people. This is your creation. You created it. What did the verse, let's see what the, I'm going to scroll back here, what the verse said earlier. Before the mountains were brought forth or ever you formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. No matter what my circumstances look like, no matter what we get thrown at in life, you are God. And I echo Habakkuk's declaration this morning of your power and your right to judge your world, to do with it as you will. You are sovereign, but you also love your people and you are willing to fight for your people. So I call on you to do that today. Pray that you would step into the things in this world that need fixing. There's so many of them, and that's such a broad category. We each have those things in our own lives. We each have places where we can't do it on our own and we need your presence. I'm not sure that came out the way I wanted to say it. Fix the broken things in our lives. You make dead things living and you make broken things whole. And I ask you to do that. That's really what I meant. Help us to find a recognition that says we need you in all parts of our lives. Even when it feels like we can do on our own, we can't. And we are desperately in need of your presence and your grace and your power. Pray that you would step into the crises that we see around us to 
to what's happening in Afghanistan, to what's happening in Haiti, to what's happening on our East Coast, like it's just all the things to the pandemic that still is shattering our world in many places. Pray that you would step into those things, that you would provide healing and comfort, and that you would create circumstances that keep not only your people safe, but bring people to you, but that you would just go fight for those who are, uh, who need you so desperately, who are oppressed, who are um, hopeless. I pray that you would bring hope and healing and safety into their world through your people, through circumstances, through whatever means necessary. Pray that your name would be glorified throughout these crises, that these things would cause us to turn to you and not from you. And I'm speaking, I guess, not only in the larger sense of the crises in our world today, but also those in our personal lives, those things that hit hard because they hit at home. Pray that you would be glorified throughout that process, that we would turn to you instead of away from you. Pray that your love would win in every way that that needs to happen today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining me this Monday. I so appreciate you guys being here. We'll be back on Wednesday and we will finish out this book. We will close the book with the last, last passage. If you're listening and or watching on the Facebook page, 10 a.m. Central on Wednesday is the time that we'll be back. And I would love to have you back joining us here then or uh, on the replay and share it with a friend. If you are a podcast listener, sharing the show with a friend will also help more people know that they can join us in prayer. We are brought to you by Grace in the Gravel Road, helping Christian women grow a God-first life and business. And my prayer is that this will encourage you in your prayer life, that it will grow us in how we pray, and that you will use this time. God will use this time to direct our hearts. And most of all, my prayer is that you will fall deeper in love with the God who gave us the words that we speak today. Amen. Amen.